Welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Big Boy Cigar Lounge here in... What did I decide? Salacious, sultry, Spring Hill, Tennessee. I something think sultry, like? was sultry, what you Spring used. Hill, Tennessee. I'm the Smoke Master General, Mr. Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Shane Reeves. So spent all day playing golf. It's a hard life you leave. It, it is, man. It's it's tough. It's a tough, tough life to go. And then on my way here, get caught up in the spawn traffic. Everybody's stopping to collect spawn, their spawn. Spawn traffic. And uh, so I was late. I hate being late for anything. I was like seven minutes late, and it really, really disturbs me. Anything, yeah, I'm the same way. If I'm not five minutes early, I'm late. Yeah. Usually, if I'm right on time, it's because I had a flat tire. Right. That's just the way I want to live my life. But we have a guest tonight. We do. It's been a while since we've had a guest on the show. It has been quite a while, and maybe a while after this. Who yeah. knows? You know, <laughs> it's going that way. Well, Dep- with- depends on what the pressure. Tom, a lot of pressure on you. No, I've been on y'all's show before. It was, I think, the last time I was on it is when I first started working at Crown. Yeah, yep. I think it's been what two years or more. Maybe well, I three. Think three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom Petty's with us now. Newly minted cigar rep, regional. What's your region for Blanco? As of right now, I just have Tennessee. Uh, my territory should be expanding at the beginning of the year, which will probably be North Carolina, South Carolina, and Kentucky. All right. That's the talk now. But right now, I just have Tennessee. Well, we're going to light some cigars, and then I want you to tell me all about Blanco, because I don't have much of stories on Blanco. I want to know about it. Well, I'll tell what I can tell and what I yeah. do know What I do know without having to look at my cheat sheet in case David or, or Ken, who's the, Ken's the, Ken from Gurkha, is now the national sales director, and David Blanco, the owner. So I'll say as much as I can without having to look at a cheat sheet, since they are probably going to be listening to this. <laughs> okay. Well, so tell us what we're smoking. We're smoking a Blanco 9. This is the Blanco 9. It is a Oscuro Corojo wrapper out of Nicaragua, the finest Oscuro wrapper you can find. It is actually a Sumatra leaf. It's triple Ajero, and it took two years for uh, David Blanco to make this cigar. We probably, we probably shouldn't what? all try and light our cigar at the <laughs> yeah, same time. We were time. both lighting, Tom. You were supposed to keep talking. We're used to long-winded reps that when you give Awkward them that song. opening, it's like we have time to light your cigar, smoke about half of it, <laughs> lay it down in the ashtray, walk around, get a drink. Well, you know, I've been told I talk too much. So you're trying so to now, read now it about being a rep, I'm trying to make it about the, the consumer or the customer instead of all about me, you know, and talking too much. So the, this is the first Blanco 9 that I've had. Uh, I've had the Above and Beyond, which was a really surprisingly good stick considering it's a torpedo. It's not usually my bag, but um, this, is, this is interesting even from, from first light. Well, it's a box press torpedo too, so that's two strikes for you. The Above is and Beyond, yeah, it's a box yeah. press torpedo. <laughs> Although I will say, I have finally figured out, when you are playing golf, you should always smoke a box press. Because it sets on the cart so much easier, you can lay it down, it doesn't roll down the hill. And some of the times when I'm playing golf, some of the spots I am, if the cigar rolls down the hill, it's never to be recovered. (laughs) It gets taken up by the alligators in the pond. (laughs) Absolutely. So the, the box press has its place. It's nice to be able to just lay your cigar down and not wonder, worry about it wandering off. There, there's a, definitely a time and a place for a box press. I, as I've said on the show many times before, I smoke in my car a lot, and that is not the place for a box press. And I, and I do think a lot of my prejudice against box presses comes from that specifically. Well, I enjoy the box press and all. Now... Okay, so what all does Blanco have in the line? Well, first, tell me how Blanco started. Tell me about David Blanco. So David Blanco is cousins to Jorge Placencia. The Blancos and the Placencias were two of the original, two of the original families in Cuba. They were pushed out of Cuba. The Blancos went to Honduras. The Placencias went to Esteli. The Blancos got hard on times, and they sold the farms back to Placencia. 23 years ago, David went to his father and was like, look, Dad, I want to start a cigar company. He's like, "Uh, are you sure? So 23 years ago, uh, David started the company with his father. His father got out. His brother came in. His brother made some decisions. It was called Los Blancos Cigar Company. His brother made some decisions that were not best for the company. So David 
asking his brother to leave. So he changed to Blanco Cigars, now it's solely owned by David Blanco. Blanco Cigars is the first Cuban-based cigar company started in the United States of America because David Blanco is Cuban. He was born in Chicago. So he had the headquarters in Chicago for a while, and then he moved it to Seminole, Florida, which is where headquarters is now. Our tobacco is all comes from different regions, and then everything is rolled and in the Placencia factories and farms in, in uh, Nicaragua. So I've never, up till, actually till they made the big announcement about Ken going there and you coming in as a rep, I had never heard of Blanco Cigars. And I've been in cigars for several years and intimately in cigars in a podcast for three years. How have I never heard of Blanco till the other day? What, what, what pulled the trigger? David Blanco, like I said, has been around and in the industry for a long time. He is a former police officer, former fireman, former EMT. He is a 33-degree mason. He is a shriner. He is still an active commander in Army Reserves. So because of that, he had a very huge base in Europe, only a few shops here in the United States. So he wanted to expand more into the United States. He's had specifically online for a long, long time, or anybody could go on online. And he's been talking to Ken for a long, long time to come on. And so now that's why it's been there. Some people have heard of it. Um, it's a boutique company. So he's in the process of trying to get it out there. So it's, it, yeah, and I have found myself employed in situations similar to this in the past where it's, you've got a long established company with a lot of pedigree and with a lot of experience that still operates like a startup. And so you get a lot of that excitement of bringing in new accounts, teaching people about a new company, but you've got, you know, years of experience and success behind you to kind of support that. Well, you know, the great thing is, you know, David being with, in the industry so long, being cousin to the Placencias, he is also a fifth-generation tobacconist. Yeah. So he knows the blending process. Like, he, every cigar that we put out, he is the master blender. He blends the cigars. Now, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I blended that cigar to where it's the fact where it'd be like if Shane, if I was uh, on a tobacco, and he says, oh, I'd like to put a Sumatra with a San Andreas wrapper, blah, blah, blah. And then because he had that blend idea, he becomes a blender. Whereas David actually is putting the the leaves together and blending the cigar. So, okay, sell me on Blanco cigars. You've had a lot of success getting them in shops around here and areas. What's what's your sales? Tell, give me the sell on Blanco cigars. Why would I want it in my shop? Main reason you want your shop is it's a very big seller. I mean, we've got Above and Beyond, which is a military-based cigar. If you look at the band, it's got a flag on it, the red star for fire, blue star for police, military. You have a lot of military and emergency service coming in. They're going to have a cigar that's honored and dedicated to them. We have a Prince Hall, which honors the the Masons, the Prince Hall, which uh, those of you who don't know Prince Hall, he was a um, black gentleman during the Revolutionary War, free man. A war hero wanted to start a wanted to become a mason they wouldn't let him he wanted to start his own masons they would not let him so he goes back being a prince from barbados he goes back to britain gets the charter comes back and forms the prince hall lodge um, like i said earlier david blanco being families from placencia any of the listeners that know anything about placencia tobacco they blend for so many people so all of our tobacco is placencia well, and I'll tell you, one of the things that I've really enjoyed, you know, boutique cigars are always better cigars, but they're always more expensive. And I, I will say Blanco has done a great job of keeping that price point very re- reachable. And, and, and that's the thing, that's what we really want to push, is that, you know, you go out there, you see a lot of these boutique companies that really, we want people to support a boutique cigar company, but yet we want to make it price affordable to where anybody can afford it you were you don't have to be you know not to bash you know padrone is a great cigar company but a lot of their cigars is at a price point even the 9000 series is still at a price point that it's some people can't afford it that's what we want to do we want to make the cigars affordable to where anybody can afford it so let's talk for a minute about it. i've got an article from aficionado and about it being such a strong year for premium cigars. Now, we talked before about 
2020 being just a banner year for cigars. Yeah, and it wasn't necessarily due to revenues being up so much as it was to overhead being down. Yeah, it was a lot of that, and it was a lot of people had time to sit around and smoke. And people were buying boxes of cigars in lieu of buying single sticks. Yeah, I well, mean, yeah, because they were having to, they couldn't go any lounges. They'd have to go buy the box of cigars and sit at their home because most lounges were closed due to the pandemic. Well, and you know, you, so often you'd have a guy go buy a ten dollar cigar and then pay a fifty dollar greens fee to smoke it. Now he can put all sixty of that into cigars if he wants to. Now. Is there a connection between Blanco making their big push? Because their big push, when did you go to work for them? I went to work with them June 1st. Is there any connection between the sales being boosted and that gave him the revenue to launch it? Or was it always the plan for it to be launched in 2021? What was there? I'm just curious. And you may not know the answer to that. If you don't, that's okay, too. I'm, I don't know, like... That'd be a David answer, but it goes back to what I said earlier. I do know that he was very, like I said earlier, he was very, very big in Europe, and he wanted to, he had a few stores here. So, yes, his original plan was he wanted to get more stores in the U.S. So, Ken, with the experience that he had 11 years at, is it okay to say it? I know a lot of our listeners, you know, aren't fan. you know, you guys used to joke about me. It's fine. You can use the G word. Okay. So, Ken, 11 years with Gurkha. He had a lot of experience, plus he owned shops prior to that. So David brought him as national sales director because he had that sales experience, and he wanted him to bring on a a team of brokers and reps to push those cigars out. Now, to your question, that's the best answer I could give. I don't know, going back to what you asked, I don't know if if there was a certain reason to push, but I do know that he wanted more of his cigars to be in shops in the U.S., Well, I'm always interested in see connections because, you know, I've ran a business for a long time. And if my plan sales tripled in one year, it would give me a lot more opportunities to grow than just that. So I was just curious at all. And this article says the first five months of year, more than 171 million premium cigars have been imported. That's a 73% increase over last year at this time. And that's looking just at import statistics is that they're measuring. I wonder how much of that has to do with the fact that a lot of ports were locked down for a good portion of the year last year, making stuff sit in quarantine for two weeks before they could unload the ship. So, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of the supply chain issues that we're still feeling the impacts from today. Well, and I, could, I can say this, you know, being in the industry now, you still even, you know, that did happen a lot during the pandemic. But now, because of so many factories not being able to have enough rollers during the pandemic and the medical conditions in those countries, you still have, it's like during the trade show, we had to have a, we had to take a lot of our cigars. David's probably going to shoot me for saying this, but we had to bring a lot of our cigars from the warehouse, ship them from our actual warehouse because we still had at the time. Like you just said, a lot of the crates that all of our cigars are in were still in harbor somewhere. Or what a lot of people run into is the FDA now because, you know, they want to have their hands in all of our smoking habits because they, you know, everybody wants their wants their percentage of, of the dollar. They can't see you making the hand signal on the well, podcast. I'm talking my hands. I'm he's making, China, the, he's making the money signal for those of you watching. <laughs> for those of I'm you talking my hands. Game. I apologize. So everybody wants their part of the dollar. So a lot of crates sit in the harbors for a long, long time until the FDA can get in there to investigate to make sure there's no illegal substances in those crates. So it pushes a lot, makes a lot of back orders, puts a lot of orders behind. And that's the, that's the crappy thing about this, what's going on right now. With the, you know, the pandemic, FDA was already doing that stuff, but the pandemic sure didn't help. So let's start, let's, instead of talking about the cigars, I want to talk for a few minutes about the man. Okay. What, how, what was your journey to becoming a rep? Because everybody talks about wanting to be a rep. What, what was your journey in 200 words or less, and what surprised you the most since becoming an official rep? My journey started years ago when I started smoking cigars. I've always enjoyed, just like what we're doing right now, and that's sort of the podcast, but the fellowship, sitting with people that you don't know, making new friends, sitting with old friends, sharing good times. 
Then I started to work at Crown Cigars and Ale, which is where I met both of you. And uh, I learned a lot from Austin. He taught me a lot of stuff I didn't know. And then I went to work for Gurkha and became an ambassador, learned a little bit more. And then I became a rep for Blanco. I can say, any of you out there wanting to be a rep, make sure that you like to be on the road. Because if you don't, your life's going to be miserable. Luckily, all my life, I've loved to travel and see new places. But one thing I've learned is if you don't like being in a car for a long time and you don't have comfortable seats in your vehicle, you might want to go buy some cushions and make your seats comfortable because yeah. being on the road a long time can get to you. I've, I've said for many years that it's a young man's game. It's a young single man's game. You, well, can, you can do it if, if you don't fall into that category, but it's definitely easier to get in and find your rhythm when you've, you're a little bit more free. Yes, I can tell you, I know I've met a lot of reps that are married or sales directors that are on the road a lot, and some of them have good relationships to where their wives or fiancés are comfortable with them. They know that that's their living. They know they're going to be out on the road. I'm not so much of a young man, but I am single, so it does work out. You know, I don't, the only person that I really have to report to every now and then is, is my mother, because she lives in the same town as I do, so... She's always checking on me, like, where are you at? What are you doing? I'm like, look, I'm with a customer. I'll text you. <laughs> you know you know how we, we all have moms. You know, they look out for you. And so she's, she checks up on me every now and then. So what surprised you the most since becoming a rep? What was you not ready for? What took you off guard? Going into shops that did not know what Blanco was. Like, the first shop I went into. Now, granted, I was with Ken. But the first shop that I went into by myself after going into a shop and them not knowing the cigars and being a rep and know that my livelihood reflects on how well I do it. I was a little nervous at first. You know, being an ambassador, you know, you go in, you talk about the cigars, you promote it. But now I have to go into the lounge or cigar shop, whatever it is, and promote, and not just promote, but tell them about these cigars. And the first time I did, I was a little nervous. You know, because I'm like, oh, you know, if they don't bring in the cigars, it's going to look bad on me. I'm not going to make any money. My goal is to, that was a little nerve-wracking as opposed to just being an ambassador. Did you find that it was, it, obviously, having to talk about a, a cigar brand that no one's ever heard of is tough. But I, I would imagine your experience with Gurkha was very similar to mine with Calibri. And so is it harder to talk about a company that no one has any knowledge of or to repair a relationship with a company that people maybe have some not-so-rosy feelings about? Well, when I first came to Gurkha, it was not a very well-known cigar in this area. So, yes, I helped Ken bring a lot more cigars back into lounges, introduce new lounges, working with Ken. I happened to be with Gurkha at the time when the big fiasco blew up with the owner of the company. So, yes, I would say it was a lot harder being with the company that had those hiccups and yeah. trying to fix those relationships. It's a lot easier to go into a lounge now. Nothing, I have, like, I'm not saying anything bad about Gurkha. I have no ill will. I, I love Juan. You know, I love Jim Colucci. You know, they gave me an opportunity. But I can say that it's better to go in with a, a new face. No, nobody, a lot no of people, expectations. A lot of people know me. They don't know much about the cigars or the company, which it's a military veteran-owned company. David is very black and white. I mean, very, I mean, very business-like. So it's, I would say it's a lot easier now because I don't ha like you said, I don't have to fix anything. I can go in with a new, fresh face, a new, a new, new cigar, you know, and. And has feedback been pretty good? I mean, I've, I've seen you opening counts all over town, so I imagine that the reception's been, been oh, yeah. better than an RCA. But I mean, why would you not? I mean, you get to open up, <laughs> you get to open up a cigar account with Tom Petty. You know, everybody thinks he's dead, and the rumors of my death are greatly exaggerated. <laughs> I'm selling cigars. So the other thing I want to talk about before we go to the break, and I'll Drew Estate 25 canceled, and all other events. All in-person events. You had tickets for that, didn't you? I did. 
We both, we both did. did. Oh, we both. Yeah. I, I knew he was going. We both already had tickets, had our plane. Had, had hotel our, booked. Hotel booked, everything ready and raring to go. And they pull the plug on it. Yeah. it's So, I mean, I, I understand why they did it. You know, don't want to really get into that too much. But what I found so funny about this whole thing, so I saw when they announced it on Instagram, and the comment section was filled with nothing but people saying, does this mean DE25 as well? Does this mean the barn smoker in Connecticut also? Like, What part of all in-person events for the rest of the year being canceled do you not understand? Well, I can say I was in a shop recently with David Blanco and the customer's sitting there and he's like, well, you know, I have a, I have a Drew Estate event coming up and my rep's not going to be here. It's going to be virtual. You're talking about me planning an event with y'all. Are y'all going to be canceling? And, and David looks at him and says, I'm military. Look, we're not canceling any events. Well, Here's the thing, you know, Drew Estate owned by Swisher, giant company in New York, running a, running a lot. There's a lot of hands out there, so I understand why a Drew Estate would have to cancel stuff because they got you know they've got a bigger target on their back than a smaller cigar retailer. The the, the thing I, I I really feel for though is their reps. Luckily, their reps are going to still be allowed to go out on the road and visit shops. Because they only just got back on the road starting June first. No, yeah. they can't have any in person events. No, they can't have any in person events. But they can go to shops. Yeah, they can still go sell face to face like like the old days. So at least they haven't taken that background. Because I know I've talked to uh, a number of of people that say like getting back on the road was one of the things they were looking forward to and and so it's i'm glad that they're not also taking that away at least as of yet well y'all, y'all know that i mean i talked about this when i was on with y'all first time at, at crown you know i've been around the music industry most of my life if you notice since the delta the delta variant has come out if you look even a lot of your like aeg lives if you notice it's all like walmart recently announced that all their employees have to go back to wearing masks if you look the ones that are doing it are mostly the, your big corporate. So like Swisher, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if General and Altidus end up soon doing the same thing. If you notice, it's a lot of your big corporate companies that have people everywhere to where they're in the states where the numbers are supposedly rising. So that, I think that's, that's the reason. Yeah, I think so too. And I also think if you look at a company like Drew Estate, I mean, they do these really large scale events unlike any other company i mean the cigar safari the the de25 the barn smokers where they draw crowds from all over the countries all over the world and and they're these these big we're talking about more than just a cigar shop event now those are included in their in their band but i i think yeah there's there's a bit more at stake. They're a bit more in the public eye by virtue of the scope and size of a lot of the events that they do. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think they're I think they're erring on the side of caution. Yeah. Is all it is. I think that's just part part of it. And I'll um, you know, you, your temptation during this stuff is to always say, "Where's it all going to end?" And I'll at some point are we going to have to just draw a line? But at the end of the day, it's just a moment in time. Yeah. You let it move on through. I do think, so on a, on a more fiscal question, Drew Estate swag packs are second to none. I do wish they had still sent those out to people that See, bought the I tickets. Would, I would like them to said, hey, we'll give you half your money back and send the swag. Yeah. I'd even let them probably keep three quarter of my money and sent the swag. Yeah. And I'll, you know, like the barn smoker. If you don't go to the barn smoker for no other reason than to show up and pick up the box of stuff they give you, your money ahead. Exactly. And uh, and the the Drew the twenty five swag was going to be out of this world. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I saw the pictures of what they were giving. You showed me. I mean, it it was impressive. I almost was ready to buy tickets. Right. And then I was like, man, I'm thinking about saying, look, I know this may be conflict of interest, but. I'm thinking about going just to get some tobacco experience. And then right when I was about to buy my tickets, I saw the announcement. 
all of Drew Estate events have been canceled. So I called Ken. I'm like, well, it looks like I'm not going to be going after all. <laughs> <laughs> I well, bet you wouldn't have been the only rep from another company there. Yeah, I was going to say, I knew another rep that was meeting me there from a different company. You know, that's the thing. I mean, I know you're probably right, but I'm one of those people that, you know, I represent. Right. And you've got to be careful going to, like this happened to me recently. You had to be careful going to events because I walked in to a lounge where an event was going on, handed the rep, because I just said, here, I said, take to pocket, smoke this later. And another gentleman came up to me and said, oh, are you with the cigar company? I'm like, yes, I'm with Blanco, and handed a cigar. And it got back to another lounge owner to be careful going into, I mean, you could go in, be careful. And this, this is for all you people out there that want to be reps, because I'm learning. So the owner of the lounge that told me this was telling me to help me out. So he was like, be careful when you go into lounges, so I'm telling you all this, be careful as you're going to lounges as a rep. You don't want to go in to someone else's event and company and talk about your cigar. Just go and say, you're the rep of this company. We'll talk another time. This is all about this event and this company. You got to yep. be careful with that. Well, it's a relationship business. Yes, very much so. And, and not just you with the shop owner, but you with the other reps and the, the other reps with their shop owners. And Yes. The thing is, cigars are such a such a personal decision the cigar i'm in the mood for today may not be the cigar i'm in the mood for tomorrow that don't mean i like any cigar more or less right well so oh sorry go ahead so so to get mulled up into oh we're competing for each other if you're buying a blanco you're not buying a general or something like that just seems insane to me i don't i don't think that's what it is i think it has more to do with the kind of the gentlemanly agreement of the fact that i'm on stage and so just pick your spotlight another time. You know, it, if, if you were up here running an event and one of the other reps, you know, walked through the door and started handing out cigars while you were trying to sell yours, you would feel like you were stepped on a little bit. And, and I get that. Um, now, I think like so many other things in life, this boils down to me to intent is what matters. You know, obviously you didn't walk in there to steamroll this other guy. No. And obviously anybody who knows you knows that. Yeah. But, it, yeah, it's, it's good advice to, to always be thinking in terms of, of, you know, the golden rule. So if that rep happens to hear this, that I did that, we're friends. I apologize. That was not my intention whatsoever and to the lounge owner as well that was not my intention I did not mean for it to look like you know because I was well just it's hard chilling. to turn it off it's well, hard no, for you to, to, to not be asked, selling it you know someone yeah. asked me you know well, who are you with and I was like I'm a Blanco you know we've been a comfort and, and I was that was not my intention to step on that rep or that event's toes whatsoever all right well we're going to step away from a, for a break real quick uh, when we come back we've got a couple of more stories and more with Tom Petty Back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting beside the man this week, who's going to be shutting down his TV business to start installing stripper poles, Mr. Trey Dedman. <laughs> I'm curious where where this is coming from. Okay, have, have you have you turned on the internet at all in the past six weeks and not seen the number of women falling off stripper poles out into the I've been street? Seeing, I've been seeing those videos for years. Is it, has it never occurred to you that that's an untapped market that you should perhaps lend your well mounting skills probably isn't the right words. <laughs> No, that's, your that's, mounting skills that's, to these perfect. <laughs> so it, it's funny because I actually do have a story about that. It's it's not my story. You fell off a stripper pole? No. So we were just talking about uh, cigar environment in Atlanta uh, on the break, and so I used to I used to be really good friends with a guy who was a handyman. Handyman and, stripper pole. I, I don't want to know where this is going. So. What a lot of people don't know is that for NFL teams often will have a team mom. And it's, you know, it's somebody who kind of, especially for the rookies, helps them not to spend all their money, you know, to, to be, you know, just to kind of be a team mother. And in this particular case, the handyman was working for Julio Jones. But he was doing it all through the through the team mother. And I think maybe they have a 
several of them and then each sure. take a handful of players. And so they co- she coordinates all of his things. He had a penthouse apartment in Atlantic Station in Midtown. And so it's this 73-year-old woman who's about five foot nothing, 100 pounds, and she's walking around Julio Jones's apartment telling him where to install the stripper poles. One in front of the bar and one in the bedroom. Interesting. So, okay, but just, so just out of curiosity, you do the TV mounting thing. What else have people asked you to hang while you were there? Have you been asked to hang a picture or hang a... Pictures, mirrors, uh, mantles, any kind... You ever been asked to hi, uh, hang any kind of special swings in their house? I've right? never been okay. asked to install a swing. Um, I, I like what you're, where your mind's at, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were the one talking about stripper balls, so I just took it a little step further. <laughs> That's a swing you notice so you can sit and, and, and you know, rock back and forth and smoke your cigar, just so you all know. I know this isn't you know the, the electronics installation podcast, but you know the thing that I really wish people would stop asking me to install, but it'll never happen are the sound bars I, I want to find whoever designed or the first sound bar and decided that that was going to be where we move to and those things are such a pain to wall mount well and here's the thing TVs used to come with adequate speakers and they still do why did we go away for I think it's because the speaker's usually on the back and now TVs are what a quarter inch thin yeah and they're on the front smacked against the wall well so it's funny because the TV in our bedroom it has the speakers on the bottom and we recently took it off the wall and set it on the dresser because we're getting ready to move and so I don't have the legs for it anymore, so now I have to crank that thing up to 11 just to get any sound off it because it's all going through the dresser. <laughs> but anyway, this is this is not the hanging cast. This is the cigar cast. Yes. And all Tom Petty's still with us. So, Trey, tell me about the nine. Talk to me about your nine experience. It's good. I have a very dirty palate today, uh, but even still, it's it's cutting through that. It's, it's giving me... Um, I'm really getting that Sumatra flavor out of it. Um, I, I think I prefer the above and beyond myself personally, but I am I'm really enjoying this. And what's the what's the retail? What's the MSRP on this? MSRP is about eight eight yeah. to nine dollars. I mean the JT Limitado, which is the limited. That's instead of three. So the one we're smoking now has three Lajero. The JT Limitado has six Lajero, and it's it's around a twelve twelve to fourteen dollar price point. Yeah, I think that I think especially when you know you know from a value per dollar standpoint, it, it's out of this world. Yeah, the you know the nine's my favorite Blanco cigar. I like the above and beyond some mornings, and I when I want that Habano smoke that not really. Not really Connecticut. It doesn't taste really Connecticut to me. What's the wrapper on that above and beyond? Habano. Habano. Okay, that's what I thought. It tastes. Yeah, it's a Habano wrapper with a Habano Nicaraguan binder filler. Um, the box press, so it's a little looser draw. The nine is a little more draw. It's funny. Blanco kind of has more range in their draw than most cigar companies. Most cigar companies, you know, a Padron draws like a Padron draws like a Padron. And the above and beyond is going to draw a little looser. The nine's going to draw a little tighter. Prince Hall's going to be kind of in the middle there somewhere. So it's um, it's interesting. Now, okay, you've never brought Robustos to the table. Do they have Robustos? Yes, we do. Okay, why do you not have any Robustos? Isn't that what we're smoking? That's what you're smoking. I thought this was a Toro. It's a this, Toro. Is, this is far <laughs> closer a Toro. to Toro than Robusto. It's become a Robusto because you've been sitting there smoking Yeah, it. you smoked half of it. Now, <laughs> anything's a Robusto if you smoke it long enough, Trey. <laughs> I mean, for crying out loud. I, I thought it started out as a Robusto, I guess. And I, but I've, I've not seen that. So what all sizes do, you, do each cigar come in their own Vitola varying on the cigars? Most of our, all of our cigars pretty much come in um, every size that you could think of. Well, for instance, we uh, we have the double perfecto. Some of them, but we have the we have the. I sol- thought I was hanging them up with that one. No, we have the, we have the <laughs> Solomon size, which is a very unique, rare size. That's a hit or miss. Some people like it, some people don't. Robusto, Toro, um, Churchill, double Robusto. Uh, Gordo, um, as you know, the Prince Hall comes in a six by sixty. We also have a seven by seventy, which is the Oshin. Um, we recently are getting ready um, 
to announce a new size for the Blanco 9, which is called the Chooch. So do you know what Chooch is? So Chooch, in Nicaragua, and, and when they roll the cigars, Chooch is Spanish for Churchill. So it's hard for them to pronounce Churchill, so they, they say Chooch. Mm. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's good to know there's a lot more variety and it's good that you don't overwhelm. You know, I hate when a shop comes in and they say, okay, to carry our cigars, you've got to carry, you know, a box of every size. It's like, well, this is not a, you know, this is not a Robusto shop. Or it's not a warehouse. Yeah, or this is a Gordo shop. Yeah. You know, I've, you are right, but I have learned being a rep. The reason that a lot of reps do that in a lot of companies is because... And this is nothing against where we are now, big boys. But when you walk into a lounge, for instance, Crown, for instance, where y'all first started, when you walk into Crown's Humidor, you see the cigars on the shelf. But then you also look up and you see all these boxes. The reason that a lot of companies say, if you bring in this many boxes, it's not because, sure, as a rep, the more we sell to, I don't mind saying this, the more as a rep, the more you sell to a shop or lounge, you're going to get more commission off of it. But the reason is, by you having all that box presence on your shelves, it's like it makes it look more fuller to where if someone comes in and they like the cigar, they're like, oh, I'd like to buy a box. We're helping the lounge out by you bringing in that many more boxes and more sizes for them to choose from. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are some companies that, I mean, for instance, excuse me, Gurkha used to do that. You know, you buy so many boxes. Perdomo, as you know, you've been into a lot of lounges. Nothing against Perdomo. I love Nick. I love Godfrey and, and Chris. But that's one of those companies that you, if you go into the lounge, you always notice that they have a huge wall base. It's like you, they want you to have, like, a whole section. You know, that's, that's a little out there, but, you know, that's, that's what they do. Well, but, it's, it's, you know, we've talked about it before. You can't, if you want to sell boxes, you've got to have boxes. You know, and I think every, mo- almost every cigar shop owner wants the box sale more than they want the onesie twosie. So it, I mean, it does make sense from that perspective of, of being a, a marketing draw. But what, hey, you I look just, like I, you're itching to say something. I just had a bazillion dollar ideal. Okay, <laughs> well get it out, man. I absolutely just had an ideal, Tom. You need to get David Blanco in touch with me. Okay. And I'll, we're going to knock off this cigar. Well, he's going to be in town in a couple weeks, so we'll sit down. We'll go somewhere and we'll sit down and talk. I want to create the cigar coupler. So when you have like two Robustos, but you really want a Toro, you have a little coupling, a grommet, if you will. <laughs> and you can plug a cigar into each end of that. And now instead of having a, you know, five by 54, you've got a 10 by 54. Is that kind of like double fist in a beer? Do what? You know, when you have two beers, you have, now you're going to have two cigars. That's right. But I'm thinking this this oh, okay. this coupler because now think about this this is because this is the next logic step of the coupler of the coupler. It gives you a place to hold it too. Well, what if I took like a number nine and coupled it to an above and beyond? Oh, so you've got now, so now you're smoke, blending. Right. So I'm smoking the nine through the above and beyond. Is this not the most brilliant idea ever? So it reminds but me. But wouldn't that defeat the whole purpose of getting the flavor of the cigar you're smoking? You wouldn't. You, Sure, you'd, you'd be able to smoke two cigars, but you wouldn't be able to enjoy the flavor, all the different flavors of that one cigar. But you would be enhanced. Well, you, for and people your like you that your live power. a boring life, you could just couple two <laughs> of the same cigars. Speaking of living cigar a boring time. life, you're the one that's a real estate agent looking up installing stripper poles. So let's not talk about that as a boring life. <laughs> well, hey, no, I'll, I, I'll sell three-bed, two-bath of a dungeon all day long. You just put it on the market, buddy. No, so we talked about I – was, I was talking with a, an old friend of mine. I ran into him on Monday and was talking about something that we mentioned on the show several years ago, within the first year of the show, the Pygar. Do you remember that? Absolutely. And so they also make like straight, that look like the Cruella de Vil, like cigarette holder, sure. but for cigars. So you just get one of those that holds two at once. And so you smoke so one on so the left, one on the right, and yeah, you smoke you them go. both of the same time. So for Hanukkah, you got like six of them together. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you get the whole Just experience. FYI, I've, I've heard through experience that you cannot smoke cigars that way. It's too hard to keep them lit. I'm, I'm sure. 
But I'm just telling you, I, my cigar coupler is a great ideal. The cigar coupler's time will come. But you, you rely on everyone having the same measure of ring gauge. Or do you do it where it's funneled so that it can fit anything from a 60 down to a 48? Or do hey, you make I'm it- the ideal man. Some stuff we just got to turn over to engineering. Perhaps there's a set screw of some sort oh. where you just <laughs> like you a sock- cinch it down. Like a socket <laughs> wrench? Like a socket yeah. wrench where you can... Like the globe on my chandelier <laughs> where it's got the three screws that you put... There <laughs> you go, fellas. I got to get my cigar ready. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just being, being as big a fan as you are of, of kits, I, you would love to add another power oh, tool to that just oh, so ab- that you can make. Absolutely. The cigar coupler. Somebody out there make one send me the royalties. I mean, this is a great idea. You need to patent it now so that way when they have the idea, they don't steal it from you. And Well, that way, but just then you could customize your smoking experience. If you're in the mood for Connecticut, but you maybe, I mean, you could even whack them up. Oh, and then you've got like a crazy straw version of a cigar where it's like <laughs> That's right. you've got the front end of a Liga Nine, so the want, middle bits of San Cristobal Elegancia. If and you then wanted the, the straw version, you could do a Lancero, right? Yeah, and I say that would be great. You got a six by sixty on the end and a Lancero on the other end, so you're smoking the six sixty through the Lancero. So my my issue with that is the the only thing I, I have a problem with with your idea is. That when with longer cigars, by the time you get to the end of it, they have a really bad habit of becoming bitter because you've got, been drawing smoke through it the whole time. And so by the time you get to the end of an essentially a 10-inch cigar, because you, you felt that with that 14-inch cigar that you smoked. By the time you got to the end of it, it was losing some of that because it was just, it was almost full of stale smoke at that point. Well, I don't know if it was that so much. It was, it was just, it takes a long time to smoke a 14-inch cigar. But, I mean, so the cigar coupler could have an optional chest rest, like a kickstand that kicked out that could prop up on there. Kind of like the like you go into cigar lounges, they have the supposed cigar holder you can put on your uh, your golf bag so you can hold your cigar while you're something yeah. like that. Absolutely. Okay. So, anyway, moving on so that we don't – I don't want to give, give away too much of the engineering behind my brilliant ideal. I'll, I'll, I'll draw that up. And I'll, we'll 3D print a prototype, and then we can cast it in aluminum or something. Absolutely. I, th- I think that's where we need to go, the cigar coupler. This could be the greatest piece of Blanco swag in the history of mankind, Tom. I wouldn't yes. count on that. Nah. This, this, this could be your ticket to the top. I'm just saying. I'll be, I'm your friend. I'll be happy to help you out with this for a small fee. I'll take just care of Just a small fee. Small fee. Well, yeah. I work on percentage. I'm a realtor okay. after all. all. Right. So go ahead. No, the best thing to do is, is you do them in different sizes. That's how you sell more more than one to a person. You do a six by you do a sixty to a sixty. You do a sixty to a fifty six. You do a, a fifty eight to a fifty four. Like you do all the different sizes. <laughs> Who lost my ten millimeter cigar cup? Exactly. Because <laughs> is there any any socket in your wrench set that gets lost more than the ten millimeter? No, I buy ten millimeter specifically in bulk. Yeah, I, you, you've got to you got to keep like a, a barrel of ten millimeter sockets in the back of your. Oh yeah, growing up, my grandfather he had a separate box full of ten millimeters because he would he never could find one. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, okay. So from the Courier Journal, proposal to allow indoor cigars and Louisville snubbed out. Do you want so to take, Louisville, a, you want take another run at that? <laughs> I, I was just powering through, man. I, I'm excited about my cigar coupler idea. All I right. really think that there's we'll, a lot we'll, of wheels we'll behind it this in. We'll drop the business plan want, later. Do you, okay. want, do you want to try that again for those of us that don't freak, freaky deaky's uh, cigar coupler? Okay, so one thing. This is the guy at the Courier Journal trying to sound smarter than he is. Proposal to allow indoor cigar bars in Louisville snubbed out. That's Should, a terrible, terrible yeah. lie. Should have said snuffed out if you were really Snuff. trying to go. Well, and anybody that smokes a cigar knows you don't snub a cigar out. You right. let it die quietly. Go with a little dignity. Yeah, I can't tell you how many lounges I go into. And being in the, I mean, it's probably true for all three of us. Being in the industry as long as we have, when you walk into a, a lounge and you're sitting there and some guy takes his cigar and, and starts putting it out like a cigarette and just sitting there and just snubbing it and just pushing it all the way till there's like like flat like a bullet uh, i i smoke cigars with inexperienced cigar smokers quite a bit and it's part of a youth outreach program <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it's 
amazing how often people that don't like how often I have to explain that to people. Well, and didn't you feel bad in the Terminator movie when the guy takes his cigar and snubs it out on Arnold's chest right there? I wasn't worried about Arnold's chest. It was the cigar. He was really <laughs> doing an injustice to that cigar that had done nothing no, wrong to not, him. Not really, because if you watch a bunch of Italian movies, you, you've seen that. You've seen it where they put it out on their arm or on their hand. I mean, that's that's it's a way to show. But anyway, we're chasing rabbits. We are. So, <laughs> the cigar bars will not be allowed to operate in Jefferson County. Louisville Metro decided on Thursday. So, okay, they decided, due to our anti-smoking policy, we don't want cigar lounges. How did that decision benefit Louisville at all? And more importantly to me is who, who, which cigar smoker pissed off which city council member? Because that reeks of vendetta to me. Well, and it's an 11 to 15 vote, so it was a close vote. I figured it would be closer than that. But all they're doing is causing people to go across the river and have cigars. And if your city is famous for bourbon and horse racing, how much more damage can a cigar lounge right. do? Yeah, we already are the, the we already house the patron saint of degenerate gamblers and alcoholics. Well, but smoking's a bridge too far. I can say this: um, being in the industry, if you look at Kentucky's laws on tobacco in general, they have some of the craziest, like for taxes. I mean, if you look at Kentucky, I mean, I would not be surprised if Kentucky in the near future, I, I don't want to jinx this, and if this happens, I don't want all you people of Kentucky listen to this podcast to come to my house and break down my door and he won't. beat me. That's only happened <laughs> once, twice. Okay. But I would not be surprised if Kentucky because of their laws and like what just happened in Louisville, if Kentucky becomes one of the first states in the South to just completely ban tobacco, tobacco, well, not this, yeah, ban tobacco or just ban it smoking in anywhere. I mean, it's happened in Louisville the way their laws are. I would not be surprised if it happens in Lexington, Paducah. You start seeing it happen in more places just because of their laws. And well, like I said, it's a bad, it's a bad optics when you're famous for. For debauchery, yet you deny a particular portion of that. Well, it's like, look what they tried to do here in Tennessee. They tried to ban smoking here in Tennessee, and you had so many lounges, like Humidor, Mike was one of them in Murfreesboro. You had so many lounges that, like, look, this was long before in Trump's administration when they passed the 21 up. They were going to ban smoking, and a lot of them came together and said, look, this is how we make our income. And so that's when they made it. If you own a bar and you serve food and drinks, you have to be 21 and up to be able to come in. And then it worked out because, like I said, the Trump administration, he passed that. You had to be 21 to buy tobacco anyway. So it. Well, Las Vegas gets it right. A new cigar bar headed to Resorts World offers a patio on the strip and 150 varieties of Stokies. I thought you were going to say in 150 degrees. Where on the strip is that going to be? What Close to what? Does so it say? it's at the end of the strip. This is from Eater, Las Vegas. And Resorts World is a new resort on the north end of the Las Vegas strip. Okay. So the north end, not the south end. Right, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and, you're <laughs> such a wrath of, of the geog geographical knowledge of Las well, where'd Vegas. where did you stay? Well, I stayed on the north end of Las Vegas, not the south end. Well, the south end of Las <laughs> Vegas gets a little shifty. Yeah. I guess I've time. never been there, so I don't know. I'll find out next year. So they're going to have 150 cigars showcased in a custom-built walk-in humidor, and they're only going to specialize in limited editions. But I will tell you, when I was in Vegas... I was a little disappointed. They don't really have a smoking culture there. No. Well, and I wonder if it's because so you know because for the longest time, and I don't know if it's still this way or not because I've never been to Vegas, but you'd be able to smoke in the casinos at the tables. I assume yes. you still can. So you can't. You can't. Not anymore. No. So I would imagine that there I was think never some of the older ones on Fremont Street, probably, and some of the older that they don't care anymore. But yeah. If you know, I think a lot of them have been remodeled because they're, they're trying to be family friendly right. because of all and the shows. The, the, and a lot of them have been remodeled. You know, they probably don't like kind of like Arpland Hotel. The Magnolia Lobby used to be smoking, right? And then after the flood, when they remodeled the hotel, now the hotel itself 
it's completely non-smoking. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I'm just wondering if there was never a need for a smoking culture in Vegas because everyone who wanted to was just smoking in the in the casinos, and now they've had to sort of revamp and and change the way they do things. Because wasn't Vegas where they made the cigar lounge in the parking garage that we talked Correct. about? Yeah. They had one of those, you know, we went to the Fuentes at um, Caesars. We went there, and they've opened a Casa de Monte Cristo at Caesars and some different places like that. So they have some some good places, but it's just not really a culture there. And I guess the gambling just dominates everything. I guess so. I do think it's funny when you read articles like that that you can tell that that's not – that's either not written by a cigar person or it's – or it's not intended for a cigar-smoking audience because they talk about the custom-built walk-in humidor. Do you know anybody who makes walk-in humidors, like, manufacture style? Right. Well, <laughs> you just bring it in on a truck and drop it in? Yeah, by default, all walk-in humidors are custom-built. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, think about it. Really? I'm gonna. That's when when the pods company starts retiring their old units. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna retrofit them into humidors. There you go. He's gonna sell them to new shops. He's gonna make the cigar coupler, and you're gonna do custom built or cigar factory built factory built humidors. humidors. You just put them in. Yeah. And all, but all right. Well, we're kind of winding down. We're kind of coming to the end of the show. Tom, tell us what you want people to remember about Blanco. Um. Remember, Blanco Did you is, forget? <laughs> I do that a lot. It happens. Um, I would say Blanco Cigars is a boutique company run by someone who's been in the industry for a long, long time. If you want good quality cigars that's going to be blended well, owned by a military-owned military company, David Blanco is still a commander in the Army Reserves. Military owned, straight laced. We are a company that has no racial pro. We don't criticize anybody. If you're a cigar smoker, you are a part of our family. We don't care who you vote for. We don't care what your preferences are. We are here to provide you with a great cigar that you could sit and enjoy with the Brotherhood or Sister to Leave. Well, thanks for taking the time to sit down with You're us welcome. tonight, Tom. You're having cutting lights all over the place. Anybody, anywhere coming up you need to tell people about? Uh, if you are in the, well, obviously it's not going to matter because this will be later, but, you know, tonight we're here in Spring Hill doing one. The next one that I have coming up, if you are in the Nashville, Brentwood, Franklin area, uh, we will be at Crown Cigars and L on September 3rd. And David Blanco will be there. The owner of the company will be there in person. So you can come hang out with the infamous Tom Petty in the cigar industry who gets all the heartbreaker jokes you could possibly imagine and the owner of the company, David Blanco, and meet him and get some cool swag, shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. And our policy is the more you buy, the more we're going to give you and take care of you. All right. Well, in the meantime, you can get a hold of us by reaching out to fa- us on Facebook.com slash CigarCast, Instagram and Twitter at the CigarCast, and info at CigarCast.com. Sitting beside you like this is kind of tricky because your eyes were just boring into me as you were saying that. It's kind of an odd angle. I'm not used to so than when we're sitting across the table from one oh, another? Oh, definitely, because when we're across the table, we're both kind of looking down at our, our computers kind of lean back sitting beside you is a little different. I get y- that. Y- y'all need to stop. I'm getting sick because it seems like to be y'all getting ready to have an intimate moment. I don't want to see that. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> well, all right. Well, until next week, everybody have a great cigar and think well of us.